You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Maybe I'm crazy, but I am the quarterback whisperer. I'm responsible for a lot of successful careers young quarterbacks in the league right now take credit for it maybe i'm crazy maybe i'm crazy maybe i'm not welcome to maybe i'm crazy podcast uh daniel jones who know who's on good you know me uh but we'll get to that later uh jerry rice the goat joins us this week um he is awesome he has uh coined a new catchphrase that uh will lead to some some illustrations that the podcast will put out um you'll you'll recognize it right away when you hear it um but he's kind enough to join us uh and talk about a lot of the wide receivers around the nfl he was there with larry fitzgerald uh the browns the ncaa versus the state of california california's greatest place on earth daniel jones um as i mentioned the redskins chiefs lions Steelers, uh the bungles Montez Perfect is out of the league, at least temporarily. Uh, the Rams cannot get their running game going. We'll talk about the Cowboys. And there's a lot of things to review and preview in the culture report this week. And we'll talk a lot about mustaches later as well, hey. which is a great tease. Um, but let's get started. <laughs> Why did you do that? With, uh, I got a mustache. With, I okay. Got a Congratulations. Yeah, thank uh, you. So, so does every other man in this room. Uh, I know. It's a real rare room <laughs> of mustaches. Let's get started with Jerry Rice. So Jerry Rice, the GOAT, is joining us on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you so much for coming on with us, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Um, so obviously you are widely considered to be the greatest wide receiver of all time. I certainly consider you, you to be the greatest wide receiver of all time. Um, there's some pretty good receivers in the league right now. One of them is Odell. Uh, and kind of the, the book on Odell lately is that you, you know, you, you kind of talk a little trash to him and rough him up a little bit and you'll get him off his game. Um, he was he was choked <laughs> in the game <laughs> this weekend, which was kind of crazy. Um, but were you a, were you a big trash talker? No, not at all. I just uh, I just played the game, and uh, but I had opposing uh, defensive backs. You know, they would try to get me out of my game. You know, they're gonna try to push some buttons and and do all that, but you got to stay focused and and not get involved. And I had one of the greatest coaches because you know he was one of those guys that wouldn't tolerate that. So you got to be able to you know channel your emotions and stuff like that, and just stay in the game. Was there anyone who was always able to get you off your game? No, if someone tried, the best way to shut them up is to score a touchdown on them. <laughs> then you score another touchdown. Then you score another touchdown. Then eventually, uh, you know, they're going to, you know, stop trying. <laughs> so it's safe to say that no one has ever tried to choke you. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that would not happen. And the thing, too, is that I had – uh, this big offensive line, and if if uh, anybody tried to do anything like that, I would let the big boys handle handle that situation. That's very smart. Uh, so the top three receivers in the league to me right now are Odell, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones. Would you agree with that? Uh, in that number, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I like that. You had a pretty good moment with Larry Fitzgerald uh, this weekend, and he's like, I mean, most people consider him to be one of the all-time greats. He's an obvious Hall of Famer, and he's just really well-respected around the league in general. Where where do you put him uh, in the all-time ranks as a, re- a wide receiver? Uh, well, I, I don't think Larry really, he doesn't like this, but he's number two right now. <gasps> really? Yeah, because uh, when you look at his uh, yardage and, and also his receptions and stuff like that, I think he's number two. And uh, what he brings to the game and, uh, you know, his route running, his catching ability, uh, and his uh, mentorship, uh, you know, passing the knowledge on to players and stuff like that, I think he's a perfect uh, ambassador uh, for the NFL. You had a moment with him this weekend. Was there was something that you said to him after his uh, big passing uh, of Tony Gonzalez? No, it's just something. What, what he said to me, he said, you don't celebrate being second. <laughs> he 
Gonzalez, uh, uh, you know, record and stuff like that to move into that uh, that second spot and uh, to just be on the field with him and, and to witness that. Well, if you're not first, you're last, but being second all time to Jerry Rice is, is no small thing. So uh, I, I would take that any day as a player. So you got to see Kyler Murray then. What, what do you make of him, the number one overall pick? I think, you know, they got to uh, give Kyler uh, Murray, well, they have to give him more time. There was a lot of pressure on him. Uh, he had to, you know, uh, move out of the pocket. He showed uh, his running ability. Uh, they really didn't have time to throw the ball deep downfield. They only threw, uh, you know, like little short routes. And uh, and like I said, it was just great to see Larry Fitzgerald. But also you got to think about this is that Kyle Murray is going to go down in history because he was a quarterback that threw him those passes. <laughs> right. Ab- absolutely. And what a way to come into the league with a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. Do you think we rush through it too much with these young quarterbacks? Like we expect too much of them right away. We're not patient enough. Uh, you know what? Uh, that could be, but you know, uh, I think the head coach, uh, you know, he feel like he's ready to go. So, you know, he's out there on the football field. Yeah. He's going to have some ups. He's going to have some downs and he's going to learn a lot. But when you got great players around you, uh, you know, like a Larry Fitzgerald or something like that, uh, he's going to learn a lot uh, really fast. I, I mean, I'm I'm with the coach in that spot. I think if you're the number one overall pick or you're really a top ten draft pick at the quarterback position, you should be starting right away. If nothing else, because you you've used that pick on that, that valuable pick on that position, and I just don't think you get better at playing football by watching someone else play football. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of organizations, they like to try to slowly bring those guys along. But, you know, I think with Arizona, they feel like this guy is is capable of doing it right now, and he's only going to get better by being on the football field. So the Raiders got a nice win over the Colts. Uh, Do you think that Gruden can get them back into the Super Bowl conversation? It's just one game. It's just one game. You you can't look that that far down the road. Well, they not for not for this road. season. I'm sorry, not for this season. Just in general, like over the next couple of years, because you know he has a lot of expectations. Yeah, you know it's uh, it depends on the draft, and it, it really hurt them uh, to get rid of uh, Khalil Mack. Then also with Antonio Brown, what happened there? So you know it, it, it's going to happen during the draft, and they have to keep adding on, uh, you know, to that team. So I was kind of a doubter of the 49ers this year. They they look pretty good. Are they for real? Uh, it's still early. It's still early. They're 3-0 right now. But, you know, there's a lot of mistakes, and they're going to have to uh, clean those mistakes up. And, uh, you know, Jimmy G is uh, getting back into, uh, you know, uh, football, you know, because last year the injury, uh, that was a devastating loss for the San Francisco 49ers. So, after coming off an injury like that, it's going to take some time for him. They got good playmakers uh, on offense, and uh, you know where he doesn't feel like he uh, uh, like he has to uh, uh, win football games on his own. Then that defense is uh, playing outstanding right now, and you know last year they had one interception. They got about seven interceptions uh, this year, so it's still game by game. Uh, you know, don't feel like you have arrived yet and just continue to work and get better. Well, a team that certainly thought they had arrived before the season is the Browns, and they play them on Monday. So what do you what do you think of the Browns and particularly Baker Mayfield? Well, they got to win. So it's like, you know, I'm sure it's going to be Monday night football. And um, I'm sure uh, Mayfield is going to, you know, he, uh, he's going to bring his game. Uh, the receivers for the Cleveland Browns. You know, these guys can make plays. Uh, Odell, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to be raring to go. And same thing for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, they have an opportunity to do something special on Monday night, and they can go 4-0. So it should be a a good football game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What quarterback would you want throwing to you in the league right now? Uh, With quarterback, there's a number of quarterbacks. Uh, You know, Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Russell Wilson, and the list goes on and on. It's interesting you mentioned Russell Wilson because I think that Russell Wilson is one of the most, uh, I-, I think, underappreciated or just just overall like disrespected 
quarterback in the league. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and what he's been able to do is really incredible, but he never gets mentioned in the list of guys that you just mentioned. Oh, I, I, I don't think that's true. I, you know, I think uh, everyone in Seattle knows that their, their chances of winning is with uh, Russell Wilson. And, you know, he's a great leader. Uh, he can make every throw. Uh, he, uh, you know, he can get outside the pocket and, and still uh, focus downfield where he can uh, deliver the football. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure. And I had the opportunity uh, Sunday to uh, catch a pass from this guy. And we were just talking on the field. And uh, he said, I always wanted to throw you a pass. And, uh, and this was like a highlight you know, for me and stuff like that. And, and I said the same thing to him. So that's, that's pretty awesome <laughs> for anyone to be able to throw you a pass. Um, so you're the, you're the goat of, of wide receivers. Does it bother you when people say that you're the goat or you're, you're cool with that? Uh, it feels a little weird. Uh, it feels a little weird. Uh, there are so many different goats though, in all different uh, professions. So uh, it's great that they, they say that, but I just played the game for the love of the game. For one thing, uh, I wanted to win championships. I never wanted to let the fans down here in San Francisco. San Francisco. I never wanted to let the coaches down. And I never wanted to let my family down back home. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it feels a little weird, but, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> Do you think that there's an overall GOAT in the league? Like, you think that's safe to say, like, that there's one greatest player of all time? like a fraternity of goats that's that's my main focus you look at you you look at all the different professions and stuff like that you know from hockey to to basketball to baseball uh to football stuff like that you're going to have athletes uh that are like goats but then you got people in other occupations too like you know a doctor a nurse uh a lawyer a teacher uh, uh, those people are ghosts too. But do you think that Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time? Uh, I would say Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, that's understandable. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's a different era. You know, you got to look at you know football now, and you got to look at football from back in the day. Uh, football is totally different now, and, and Tom Brady, what he's doing is amazing, and and, and all of that. But you know, it was a different era. So uh, tell us why you are partnering with Rice and Pastoroni. Well, Rice and Roni, uh, we both are uh, San Francisco treats. I have partnered with Rice and Roni, but I'm thinking about changing my name to Jerry Rice uh, Pastoroni. Jerry Rice Pastoroni. Yeah, check that out. You, can you imagine that being on a uniform? But with tailgating <laughs> and with football in full force right now, uh, you know, it was easy for me to run that perfect route or make that winning touchdown. But what I like about Rice Aroni is that they have a variety. My favorite is the jalapeno cheddar. Mm. But you also got the chicken, you got the red beans and rice, you have the angel hair pasta uh, with herbs and all of that. You can go to goteamrice.com for more information. Uh, I am actually a huge Rice Aroni fan and red beans and rice is actually my favorite. Um, I love rice in general. I don't know. That's Jerry Rice and rice. But I'm actually being serious. I really love rice. I had it last night. But you can visit the YouTube series featuring Jerry Rice. Visit rice around, the Rice Aroni YouTube page, and you go to GoTeamRice.com for more information. Have you been to a lot of tailgates? Yeah, you know, it, it's pretty cool because it's all about family, friends, and uh, fun and food. I you agree. Know, we, call, we, call, we call them the three fours. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jerry. We really appreciate it. It's an honor um, uh, to be able to talk to you. And uh, make sure you check out GoTeamRice.com for uh, prizes and uh, official game rules and more information on uh, Rice-A-Roni. Thanks so much, Jerry. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Are you ready for what's ahead? You can't always predict the future, but you can game plan for it. Generations of families and businesses have harnessed the power of Pacific to help them reach their unique goals. Whether you need to save enough money to meet your needs, ensure your family is protected, or make sure you don't run out of money, Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help. Pacific Life counts more than half of the 100 largest U.S. companies as its clients and has been named one of the 2019 
world's most ethical companies by Ethisphere Institute, protecting what matters most to people for 150 years and counting. That's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help you game plan for your future or visit PacificLife.com. With it. With it. We about to turn up in SB. All right, thanks to Jerry Rice for joining us. That was great. Heller, what am I winning or quitting today? Hey, with the Browns surprising 40 to 25 win in Baltimore on Sunday, Baker Mayfield now has won as many games as he's lost in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's new LeBron also has an equal number of haters as he does fans. The haters were louder this week, and it seemed to get Baker feeling dangerous. Joy, Baker Mayfield is motivated by the hatred. Wit it or quit it. Very eloquently written by you, Heller. Thank you so much. Yeah, and you didn't stumble. A little bit at the end, but... That's all right. We won't recognize that one. Uh, I'm going to wit it, and uh, I'm okay with it. I I know some people get into this territory of, like, you're a quarterback, and you're supposed to be above everything, and I don't think that's the case with Baker, and I just don't think it's the case with in general, anyone who is in the public eye these days and has to deal with social media. It's a different world. So this idea that everyone is just supposed to ignore every criticism that's passed their way, um, eventually, unless you really are that guy and you really believe in operating that way, or girl, um, then say what you want. If somebody's going to call you out and say that you're overrated and that you're slow, then you can say what you want. Like Baker responded to Rex Ryan, who I thought was, while he could have made some points more eloquently, like for example, Baker does run the opposite way a lot and then try to throw off his back foot, which is not not ideal. Um, And he's not faster than Aaron Donald. That's facts. So I don't think you should be offended by that. But had Rex Ryan said it in that fashion, as opposed to saying he's overrated and he's slow, um, then, you know, Baker wouldn't have responded the way he did, which was saying, you know, Rex Ryan doesn't have, if you don't wear, if you don't wear orange and brown, then it don't matter, which is true. Um, and Rex doesn't have any colors right now, which is also true. But Rex had a more successful career in the NFL than you have up until this point, if we're just going to be frank about that. Mm. It's facts. It's, I, I think Baker will eventually have more success than Rex Ryan did in the NFL. But as of right now, as we stand right now, that is a fact. So I'm okay with responding to him. That's fine with that. And Baker has always been a chip-on-the-shoulder guy. And the Browns, ugh, Cleveland is so that. Like, everyone, like, like what is that stupid shirt? Um, Cleveland versus everyone? No. It's Cleveland versus yourselves, okay? Nobody <laughs> is concerned about Cleveland. I assure you of that. No one loses sleep over Cleveland. So Cleveland versus everyone, who, like, congrats to everyone in Cleveland wearing that shirt. It's just not reality. The point is, Baker fits that perfectly. And I'm okay with that. Because that's who he is, and I think you should be authentic. And I also think that there are levels to this pettiness, which is really what it is. And obviously, I'm a big fan of petty. That's how I live my life. But (laughs) I think that there's ways to perfect it so that it becomes less like a reaction to a critic and more of bulletin board, which is what the Patriots, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and other goats like Michael Jordan have figured out how to eloquently do. Kobe as well is one of those guys that if you say something about him, he's they're just going to use it as tackling fuel, and that's what they do. Somehow, every single year, even if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, they find some way to find some random quote that they twist and turn into being a criticism of them, and then they they channel it as this mantra for the year. Like, we're we're doubted. People don't believe in us. Like, yeah, you only have six championships, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and you won a Super Bowl last year. But sure, everyone's coming for you, New England. It's not the case. But somehow they trick themselves into thinking that. And then somehow they trick us into thinking that. And then we start talking about the end of Tom Brady. And then we give them the tackling fuel that they want. It's the biggest, biggest mind game ever. We all play it every single year. But that's because they operate on a higher level. They've mastered it. And Baker's just in the beginning steps of this. So that's why I'm not mad about it. I do think he's motivated by stuff like Rex Ryan and Colin and critics. And I just think that he gets over time, he'll get a little more refined with it. Because, look, once you start winning and then people are critical of you while you're winning, you can very easily channel that into what you need to create that chip on your shoulder. And that's that's why the Patriots are so good at it, because they win every single year. But somehow they still find a way to convince themselves that they have – Haters that don't think they're good, which is not the case. They just hate because you are good, but they find a way to twist it to say that they hate because they aren't good. Like, for example, this week, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were talking about the Bills on the highest level all week. 
Bill Belichick is so good at this. He's the master at it. Oh, well, yeah, Buffalo, you know, it's going to be a real tough environment going up into Buffalo. I'm doing a terrible impression right now, but this is what he, in my mind is what he sounds like. I wasn't uh, bad. No? Keep going. I, I need to be more still. I'm going to Buffalo, you know, they're going to have a really tough environment. You know, the fans come. It's their only agenda is to make noise. They're very dedicated fans. Uh, we're going to have to put in a lot of work. Uh, we're going to have to be perfect on all three aspects of the game uh, to win it. Yeah, except for Tom Brady has the fourth most wins in Buffalo of all time. He doesn't play for Buffalo. So, no, that's not true at all. Tom Brady owns the Buffalo Bills. 31-3, and three, I believe, is his record against the Bills. Owns is what it should say. In parentheses, three. Okay? <laughs> three mistakes. All right, probably not his fault. All right? <laughs> like, that's what it should say. So, no, what Bill Belichick is saying is true. Bill's Mafia is awesome, and they're very loud, and it's a really tough environment for everyone except for Tom Brady and the Patriots. And then somehow, some offensive lineman was convinced that, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said something ridiculous, which is we've got Josh. I know they have Tom Brady, but we've got Josh Allen, which no one's ever said ever Who except now? for him. No one in the Bills organization has ever said, yeah, they have Tom Brady, but we've got Josh Allen <laughs> except for him. Cause so, so Belichick has saying this all week and then he says it so much. It's infiltrated the, <laughs> your brain. And then you start thinking like, yeah, they do it. They are pretty good. They do have Josh Allen. Nope. Take the L. He, they are the masters at it. Baker will get there. Just give it time. Don't be so critical of it. There are levels to this, and Baker, he's just starting out. One day he's going to be very, very good at it, and he is going to be up there convincing you while he's won all these games that you're still coming for him and it's not going to be the case. And then you're going to be saying, you know, they've got Baker Mayfield, <laughs> but we've got Andy Dalton or whatever. Your boy Andy Dalton. No, Josh Allen is way better. That's, that's disrespectful <laughs> to Josh Allen, actually. All right, what's next? Okay, big story here. Gavin Newsom, the great governor of the state of California, signed yes. Senate Bill 206, which makes it illegal, starting in 2023, for the NCAA to prevent any in-state athlete from profiting off their name, image, or likeness. Per usual, Joy, California fixed it. I mean, we did, did it. it. Yeah. We did it. Joy, this bill spells the end for the NCAA. <laughs> With it or quit it uh quit it emphatically quit it i would like for everyone to stop you don't want to mess with california now uh no, look they're, 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 no you asked if it was the end of the ncaa it's not the end of the ncaa at all not even close not even a little bit everyone's panicking and freaking out as they always do when something changes or when california does anything oh my god california they don't want to use plastic bags anymore how are we going to carry our groceries home reusables Oh my God, you guys recycle? How do you have time in your day? They do it with everything that California does. The weather's it's always nice, so there's really of time. not that dramatic. Everyone needs to calm down. College football is not over. This is, there's still going to be March Madness. You're still going to fill out your bracket. That's going to break instantly. You're never going to win that million dollars, but it's fun. Women are not going to go extinct, okay? What's going to happen to water polo? It's still going to exist. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Whoever, whatever booster loves water polo is just going to give the best water polo player it can't be that much. a billboard to sell his air conditioning. Okay? Whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's going to work. I hope that I just explained it for you. None of those things are true. Okay? None of them make any sense. Everyone needs to stop worrying about it. The, the NCAA is going nowhere. That I can assure you of. It's a billion dollar industry. The NCAA sucks, Joy. Look. The NCAA is freaking out because they want absolute control. And that's just the facts of it. Because while everyone is screaming and hollering about how amateurism is dead, the schools are not paying the players. That's not what this means. What does this mean? Okay, it means if you have a YouTube channel, you can make money off of it. It means that the star basketball player can sign a year early with Nike, which, by the way, if you don't think that the basketball uh, shoe contracts aren't starting at grassroots basketball and the big shoe companies are not down there with, like, 12-year-olds having conversations yeah. about the, their contracts, you're living under a giant entitlement chocolate-flavored cloud, and you need to shrink it and join the rest of reality because that's really very obvious, okay? It should not even be allowed to be that ignorant to the process of all of this while screaming and hollering about how something is wrong. Do some research. Stop worrying about the kid's bouncing ball from your neighbor ruining your lawn. It's really not that deep. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down for you, okay? It means that the local Iowa running back, when this gets passed in other states, which it will, 
because there's no way the SEC is going to allow California to steal all the recruits. Got to do something. Pac-12 is terrible. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> so it's already happening. It just means the local Iowa running back can do a commercial to sell a few cars. That's what it means. Is, is it going to be fair to everyone? No. Guess what else? Nothing in life is fair. Whoever told you that is lying to you. I'm sure it's your wonderful mother or your sweet grandma or, they, you know, your nice neighbor. They probably told you about Santa Claus, too. Or huh? your son. Stop it. Your Sunday school teacher or something like that. But they are they're living in a pleasant euphoria that most people require an excessive amount of narcotics to reach. Nothing is fair. OK, and that's just that's what it is. Big schools are going to have an advantage. No shit. Big schools already have an advantage. Let me yep. read some things for you, okay? In the past three years in football recruiting, there have been 97 players ranked as five-star recruits by Rivals.com, which is a rating service. Five schools, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and LSU. Big schools, right? Signed a combined 55 of those 97 five-star recruits. So the math on that is 42 of the 97 five-star recruits in the country are left for the remaining 125 FBS schools. So five schools got nearly 50, 57% of the best players. That's without this monster bill from California affecting the entire NCAA. Where will the fairness and competition go? Exactly where it already is because it doesn't exist. So shut up. It's not going to change anything when it comes to the fairness. If anything, it's going to equal play because there are very rich people that have gone to other schools than those five schools. And they have businesses in those cities. They live there. They like that small town where they live, where they have very low cost of living and they can build a mansion 10 acres wide. All right. And they love football because there's nothing else to do there. So they want to pay a couple of the guys to do some advertisements for them. Who cares? And, and so, guess what? Maybe they hate football and they want to give the swimming team some money. It's just how it works. Everyone just calm down. Everyone's freaking out because they, what they think is going to end amateurism. When I give you the Olympics, for an example. The Olympics, you, you say? The Olympics. Remember the Olympics? Every, every four, four years. Well, two if you count winter, but blah. Well, okay, we do. We do count winter. People like snowboarding. Uh, I, I've never tried it. Not interested. But in the 80s, the IOC tried to get rid of the amateurism, amateurism rules. Guess what wouldn't exist if they hadn't fixed the rules on that? Dream Team. Pretty popular enterprise. They still sell things for the dream team. Like made the made the Olympics pretty interesting um, that year. Uh, Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, like they're able to make money off of endorsements. They're ultra rich and they still participate in the Olympics because it doesn't affect the Olympics whatsoever. And guess what? Olympics still make a ton of money. So while I know everyone is freaking out about kids making money because they have no control over it anymore and they don't get to say you can't post that you know fashion nova outfit on your instagram page and get paid for it because i want to cut of that where oh, did wow. i'm the one who gave you your platform yeah except for zion williamson had like 1.7 million followers yeah he's his own platform Be okay but everyone has a platform now and this is my whole point Get with the times. This is not about taking down the NCAA. This is not about eliminating amateurism. This is not about uh, eliminating women's sports. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has everything to do with the fact that the internet exists now and social media exists now and you can't control people selling their image on their platform which you did nothing to create. If, so how exactly are you gonna quantify the amount of followers that someone has before they come to your school and then how are you going to explain, well, the only reason you have more followers is because you come to our school. Or maybe it's better lighting, honey. You don't know. There's no way to quantify that. So you can't control how someone makes money on their private pages, YouTube pages, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. It doesn't come out of the school's pocket. They're still going to make billions of dollars. If anything, maybe it'll just elevate your platform more. It'll yeah. get more people interested in these players who are then going to perform on your platform, who are then going to like your platform more. And you can charge even more for the nameless jersey with their number on it that everyone knows is theirs, you know? You're still gonna make money. Other people are just gonna make money too. We're all gonna make money. Is this America? <laughs> right? Am I right? This is America. I had a better out, but like, I mean, I just, I feel like I just squashed that. Hear ye, hear ye. Gardner Minshew haters are petty. I am not one of them. Uh, I am a fan of Minshew mania, uh, the marvelous Minshew. There's so many M words, by the way, that can be used to describe uh, Minshew's uh, 
magical. Minshew Magic, right, is one of them, right? There's so many good ones. But uh, Minshew's 2-1 is a starter. Uh, he was 19 of 33 for 213 yards and two touchdowns against the Broncos, who are inexplicably awful this year. Uh, just uh, They can't get it together. Leonard Fournette did have a career-high uh, day, though, at 29 carries for 225 yards, including an 80-yard run. And obviously, Minshew led an awesome drive at the end of the game, uh, eight-play, 60-yard drive downfield, which was obviously helped by a Broncos roughing the passer call earlier in the drive. But no one cares about that because they won. They kicked the field goal with four seconds to play to win 26-24 over the Broncos. And uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all aboard with Minshew Mania. People are doubting him, obviously, because he wears jorts. Which, you know, is fair. If you wear jorts, people probably should be a little skeptical of you. Yeah, there they are. You can make your own, though. I also, cool I also think that, okay, so here's the, th- here's the thing about the look, right? Which I'm all here for, right? Like, I, I, I like Minshew. I hope he's successful. And I actually think he is, is actually pretty good. Um, and weirdly, like, I like rooting for Jacksonville because I usually can't stand Jacksonville. And I'm so glad they've moved off Blake Bortles. And I was really – actually, that's not even true because I was rooting for Jacksonville anywhere, anyway this year because I wanted Nick Foles to dominate to prove everyone wrong. So I, I'm even more for Gardner Minshew for that fact. But the sunglasses on the head uh, at nighttime don't make sense to me because just wear them because you already have a headband. So your hair is not coming down for breaking down the look. This I'm cool with. Those I'm not. That's way too much man thigh for me. But – it's his swag, and this is, it's, it's why he's legendary, and it's why Gardner Minshew fits in perfectly. And I love that they also show his super yoked dad every time. <laughs> he's so jacked. He's so jacked. What does he do? He said he runs marathons. Didn't he make you skinny? He takes breaks from lifting to run marathons. I mean, that's – well, yeah, he did say his dad can lift a lot more weight than him, which, which makes sense because he's like – he's like this. Um, but anyway, they're, they're a fun little family, and uh, I've, I've – decided because i was talking about this with colin because colin is not on board with with gardner Minshew. he's not on on board with the marvelous Minshew, and i was trying to figure out why and i think i've determined that he doesn't like mustaches that that much and then we kind of broke it down a little further and it's like that's not true because he he likes jeff fisher who has an all-time mustache which we'll get to in a second and he likes andy reed who we all know is famous for his mustache only it's the only thing he's famous basically for. is a mustache um <laughs> right but he doesn't like his mustache and he doesn't like Baker's mustache, like to which I determined through my 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 dutiful research of Colin as my co-host, trying to figure him out and what get to the bottom line of like what is the issue with Minshew and Baker, and it's because Minshew and Baker have they're young men, right? So there's not really a huge commitment to the mustache look yet. Like they could lose it and continue their lives without mustaches, and we wouldn't think of them for their mustaches. And that's what Colin doesn't like. He's into commitment and consistency. Yeah. And Andy Reid and Jeff Fisher have committed to those mustaches for the rest of their lives. Imagine Jeff Fisher and Andy Reid without mustaches. It's, I, it's terrifying. It's, ter- it's a terrifying thought. That's a look you commit to for your entire life. Now I've never had a mustache. Um, you know, you get a little hair here or there. You got to pick it for going to be honest. Ah. But <laughs> a full-on mustache is something I've never understood. How do you keep the food out? Well, Andy's, Doesn't it tickle your bottom lip? Well, see, Andy's doing a Does thing Does it ever sweat? He's not trimming it. You got to trim it to expose. Like, how's, how's he going to kiss his wife when his top lip is blocked by hair? Bottom lip kissing. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a look, right? So, we, we've cor- of course, anytime we're going to talk about mustaches – we have the grand opportunity to review the best mustaches in sports, which is super fun. So let's start with Pat Riley, who has a very '80s porn look mustache going on here. Uh, it's very, it's, it's very well kept. Uh, you've got the hair, the the, the quaff, if I'm you jealous. will. And Pat Riley is the swaggiest of all swagginess. He's the godfather of swag, and he continues that to this day. Great teeth, by the way. Um, anyway, so that's a really strong mustache, Pat Riley. Mike D'Antoni, who who decommitted from the mustache recently, um, but now looking at it, could have easily been shaved. It's 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 there, you know, but like it's not overgrown ever. There's one or two little hairs there that he missed. But like in general, he, a look that he could lose and still survive and clearly has. He had it for a while though, and when he was younger and it was browner, he had a real Pringles man looking. Yeah, looking yeah, no, I can see that. It's a shape. Yeah. It's a shape. Uh, Andy Reid, obviously. We, I mean, this is his look for all eternity. Woof. We love Andy Reid. Uh, I actually like it. I I think it's I think it fits him. I think it fits his persona. And um, in general, it just goes with his whole look. With the glasses, it's it's a good mustache. Please don't ever take it off. We don't just the, keep it forever. Th- this way, he doesn't exclusively look like the Kool Aid Man. 
you, you know what? I, I'm against that, that, uh, th- those memes. Oh, I don't agree no. with those. Jeff Fisher, <laughs> sh- shut up. Jeff Fisher, obviously, uh, very, very strong mustache. We know that it's strong because it's thick in front. So it's been growing for a very, very long time. Uh, it has been uh, trained, if you will. That's how, <laughs> that's how that mustache works. Fully on with his look, by the way, as well. Phil Jackson has a very famous mustache. I mean, that is just... It's just strong. You're right. Donnie said strong and strong. That's strong. That that's a that's a winning mustache is what that is. Don Mattingly had a famous mustache. There you go. Very handsome man, New York Yankee. And then obviously, very notoriously, the Yankees don't uh, don't believe in facial hair anymore. So that makes it even that's more what, yeah, that adds to the legend. of the legend of Don Mattingly's mustache. Mark Spitz, as we just showed, uh, swimmers don't believe in hair anymore. So imagine how fast he'd be if he didn't have that mustache. Yeah, he's got to get a wave cap for the. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you can't, mustache. you cannot have a mustache. All that armpit hair, all that's got to go. It all slows you down, Mark. Um, Randy Johnson, whoo, bird killer. Uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> he, he has, he has a very, he has a strong look to begin with. Kind of looks like a bird too. Um, he is. All right, that's not funny. You. Uh, he's, he's an intimidating guy to begin with, but that mustache, he's, he's kind of almost has a little bit of a, um, like a Harley, Harley guy look, like a biker dude. Um, so that's a strong mustache. I like that mustache. Dale Earnhardt, obviously, great, great mustache. Um, very well kept, just like his hair. You know, it's just like every hair is where it's supposed to be, kind of aligned. Uh, R.I.P. the legend. Hulk Hogan. Now, this is an interesting mustache because it kind of also grows into, like, it has the handlebar things. And, again, another face you could not imagine without facial hair. You, it, It's unimaginable to see Hulk Hogan without this mustache. Right? That one looks like you can. Yeah, because we actually have these available for purchase at any Halloween store on Earth. <laughs> this full costume is available with the peel off. Um, yeah, and it is because it's so, again, it's trained. So it's, it's been growing that way for forever, which is pretty remarkable because who grows that much hair on that part of your face? Is it fake? You think he's a natural blonde? Oh, my God. Uh, have you seen his family? Yes, natural blonde all the way. Uh, Mike Ditka. I mean, what do you even say about that? I respect you. Again, very, very, very easy uh, Halloween costume because it's such a strong look. Uh, Dicka is one of my all-time favorites and one of my all-time favorite actors. Kicking and Screaming is one of the greatest cinematic performances of all time. Don't at me. Larry Bird. um, Now, (laughs) Larry Legend! (laughs) I don't even want to say anything about it because it's so good. It's so good. The whole thing is amazing. Uh, And my favorite thing about Larry Legend is that he is the biggest talker in the history of the NBA. Notorious for talking the most and there's nothing you can do about it, which is why everyone respects Larry to the highest level. Because if you look at this guy, I mean, look at this guy. He looks like he buys oranges at his local uh, produce stand. He's about to get taken to the rack. And he bangs it in your face with no remorse and then reminds you about it for the next uh, three years of your existence in the NBA. Patrick Ewing, great mustache. Great look. Doesn't get enough respect for just being a legend in the game in general. Um, but that's a, that's a really strong mustache. All right. So these last two, I, I, I just – okay. So we got to talk about Adam Morrison for a second uh, because yes. it's that. Yes. Peach fuzz. Let's go. We've all been there, dudes. Every dude in here was, was there until they shaved. Everyone is shaking their heads. Do you live like this? You left the house like that? That's what you do? Probably. When I was, like, 18 – John Hill shake. Everyone is shaking their heads. Yeah. I mean, that's not acceptable. Like it's it, no. You ha- the, the point is, is that that's what you're. That's what happens until a friend or a parent goes, "Hey, it's time to it's time to get your first razor and shave that thing." Is that how it works? Yeah. All right. Well, then it, appropriate that it's in this list. He and didn't have good enough friends or parents. Clearly. Finally, uh, Raleigh fingers. Obviously, the goat of all mustaches. Everyone knows this mustache, and uh, he's the original hipster. And this seems like a whole lot of work. Or, you know, probably he just used some spit or some uh, wax wax or some, Put some wax on pine tar. <laughs> just t- twisted yeah. the ends up. But anyway, that was fun. A little trip down mustache lane. Um, <laughs> and I think I solved it. I really think I figured it out with Colin. Like, he, he respects consistency and uh, an easily shaved mustache and, re- like, reversible look is not what he believes in. So there we go. That's 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 the... That's the oh, – I, I need one more M word. That is the the miracle of Minshew. There's so many. Hey. There's so many. 
Some people think that all diet and weight loss plans are the same, but that's because they haven't tried Noom. Noom is a new, totally different approach to losing weight and getting healthy that uses psychology and small goals to help you change your habits, making it easy to lose the weight and keep it off for good. Noom combines the power of technology with real human support, offering as little or as much help as you want along the way. And since Noom is an app, it's always with you and it's easy to use, which makes it super easy to stay on track and reach your goals. It's just as simple to get started. Just go online, you answer a few quick questions, and they'll create a personalized program just for you. So Noom can help you lose your old way of thinking about food and dieting. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash podcast, N-O-O-M.com slash podcast, and start your 14-day trial today. Change your habits, change your mind, change for good with Noom. So high key, Daniel Jones is 2-0 as a starter. I'm going to take full credit for that. Thank you, and you're welcome, New York Giants. Low-key, please don't fire Jay Gruden in the middle of the season. Uh, The Giants put up 24 on (laughs) the lowly uh, Washington Redskins, the Washington R-words. And uh, while I was right about Daniel Jones, um, and they have the Vikings at home this week, so he could go 3-0 as a starter because Kirk Cousins does not know how to play quarterback in the NFL anymore. Uh, what he is, and I know everyone's very upset about this, but you know some things are just true. He's great at making money. He's great at taking money from you, NFL teams. And you can be mad at it, or you can just recognize, as I said years ago, I, w- I was hip to this move. Uh, I warned you, Kirk Cousins, really good at making money. Like Sam Bradford, excellent at making a whole lot of money for not being good at quarterback. And it's a hustle, and he got hustled. And you have to pay a lot of money to a really mediocre quarterback. That said, um, they'll probably beat um, the Vikings at home. The Giants will this week. Dwayne Haskins got a little showing, even though he was completely thrown to the Wolves, which is why, I don't know, start the rookie. Get him out there. You're already 0-4, except for now you're 0-4. And he has had no experience. So congrats on losing all those games for no reason. And now everyone's talking about firing Jay Gruden. So they play the Patriots next week, L, and that's going to be ugly. And then they play Miami at Miami, which, I mean, very well will be a, could be a very competitive game. Uh, it's a battle of the losers, and one of them has to win. Or they could both tie and ruin our lives. But the point is, don't fire Jay Gruden, all right? Like, it's going to solve absolutely nothing. You drafted Dwayne Haskins. Give him a, 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 a head coach. Let him develop. You're going to be terrible this year anyway, so what's the point? What is the benefit of firing him in the middle of the season? I know that it's Snyder, and everything I'm saying is really irrelevant because he's going to do whatever the hell he wants, as he always does, but I never understand firing a a coach in the middle of the season when you have a young or rookie quarterback. The whole point is to give him stability and help him develop. Like, I didn't understand firing Hugh Jackson. What was the point of that? Now, it's worked out for Baker so far, sort of, but – don't fire Jay Gruden. It's a mistake. High key, the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Low key, the Lions aren't terrible. Maybe. We'll get to Donnie in a second. Patrick Mahomes threw for no touchdowns and still made uh, the play uh, running. And then he set them up for the winning touchdown. He's just, he's not one of us. Like, there's certain people who are just like Beyonce. Patrick Mahomes is like Beyonce. He, they're just not one of us, you know. Uh, you know what I mean. You're not Patrick Mahomes. And then the Lions are actually impressing me this year. So Donnie is our resident Lions fan. They actually exist. And he's from Detroit, so that's why. Uh, I love Detroit. I've spent a lot of time there. My grandparents were from Detroit, so I was there a lot growing up. Love Detroit. But the Lions are never given enough credit for what a disaster they are as an organization. You love the Lions. I do. I'm sorry about that. The Lions um, are my favorite sports team. Favorite sports team? Yeah, but... God, what a life, Donnie. It hurts. And because of that, I am super cautious about this always. But they look good. They do. They usually do. This this feels... So this is a trick? This is familiar. It's like uh, if you're watching Law & Order, you know how the story's going to Law & Order SVU? Or regular Law & Order. It doesn't really matter. I don't watch regular okay? Law & Order. Okay? So Order. So Law & Order SVU, you know the obvious bad guy, the right. guy who obviously did it. He didn't is, do it. Right. That's what this is like. Or uh, if you're watching Maury, even better, mm. the the sexy decoy. The This is the guy falling for the sexy decoy. I will not be the guy falling for the sexy decoy. I've seen this story what before. What if she's, like, super sexy, though? <laughs> no, no, no. I've seen this story before. You've seen that receiving core? They're really good. No, no, no. I've seen this story before. Not doing it. They're honeypotting you? They're honeypotting me. <sighs> and 
not doing it. Well, I'm not gonna fall for it because I don't care about the lines. But I do, I do think that they look good though. Like I think, he, I think he deserves some credit. Patricia deserves some credit, and and that's hard for me because he has the pencil with the laminated thing, you know. But yeah, it makes no sense. No, it's honey potting. All right. Well, I try. I, I gave him some credit. We'll see what happens next week. Um. So high key, the Steelers are still in the division race. Loki, what is the point of Andy Dalton? I mean, why, what is the point of Andy Dalton? I understand he was literally attacked yesterday because the offensive line did nothing and the Steelers' defense was actually good. Mason Rudolph, 24 of 28, 229 yards and two touchdowns. If you didn't watch the game, that was an incredible stat line for Mason Rudolph. If you watched the game, you knew he threw three-yard passes. <laughs> the, 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 the passing chart for Mason Rudolph is hysterical. It's it, like he did not throw anything down the field. It's low-key embarrassing. But... I'm okay with it because you need to get him some rhythm. You need to give him some confidence. Uh, the Bengals, ultimate slump buster. So I, I I love this for Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. That said, they have the Ravens at home next week, and uh, I think the Ravens are going to absolutely demolish them. Uh, it just smells like that. Obviously, I love the Steelers, but I'm not very high on them this year. I'm not I'm not predicting a, a division win anymore, although they still are technically in the race. Um but, yeah, I mean, good good win for the Steelers. I liked everything that I saw except for maybe throw it a little, just a little bit further down the field. You're not going to beat the Ravens like that, so we'll see what they do next week. That said, please don't make us suffer through another year of Andy Dalton Bengals. Please. Why? What more do you need to see from Andy Dalton? What is it? What am I missing here? What am I missing? Am I crazy? Like, how many years have we had to endure this? It's dope that his hair matches their colors, though. I do like that. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that's why. Is that what it is? It's not that hard to like move on. Uh, it's cr- it's really at this point it's passed into the realm of bizarre. What's happening with Andy Dalton? So I, I'm 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 done with that. Uh, I really feel like it's just it's sad. Like you got AJ Green on the sideline, and he's I understand he's injured. But he's 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 so good. Bengals, no. Well, for what? Look at that. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'll stay right here and watch this from afar. Loser power rankings. Loser power rankings. These are the losers the losers of the week. All right, time for losers. Fontes perfect. Huge loser. Suspended for the season for helmet to helmet hit on Colts tight end Jack Doyle. Uh, you're not going to get the benefit of it out there, and I don't want to hear about, like, football soft now it's not that hard to not hit him in the head with your helmet um pretty obvious and obvious that you're going to get kicked out and fined and suspended because your is perfect and that's what you do so when you have that reputation you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't a dirty hit I don't have any problem with them suspending him for the rest of the season because whatever like I'm not I'm not for like turning this into a flag football league like everyone's freaking out saying it's gonna become as I'll get to in a moment but this is this was obvious and an easy decision for the NFL because it's been over this a million times like eventually you got to put your foot down with this stuff with him and they did and I I know he's he's gonna appeal it I don't think a decision has come back yet but he's not gonna win and nor should he like just whatever good riddance that said there were a couple other hits around the league this week that people are trying to compare to the Montez Perfect hits, not quite so. For example, Josh Allen. Look, it's not pretty, okay? But, and he, he he's in concussion protocol now. He probably won't play this week. And you, you got to slide. You got to slide or you got to get rid of the ball. And that's just facts. And the reason I know that's a fact is because Tom Brady and Bill Belichick said it. And while I don't always agree with everything that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick said, um, they're right in this spot. Like Tom Brady is is pretty cool about quarterbacks, and as he should be, because a lot of the rules that exist in this league are because of Tom Brady. And people are like, "Well, if that was a hit on Tom Brady, it gets suspended." Yeah, well, Josh Allen's not Tom Brady. I know the Bills think that, but he's not. So there are levels to this, and again, life isn't fair. And it was flagged. There's some confusion was, then yeah. because then they it was offsetting penalties for a holding offset the personal foul which doesn't necessarily that math doesn't work for me necessarily but it, they they threw a flag on this play i have no complaints yeah i mean i'm not great at math i don't know how those offsetting penalties things work either who does but i don't have a problem with it he should not have been kicked out he should not be fined or suspended it's football and you got there's big guys moving at a very high rate of speed he could have easily broken that tackle so it's not like he wasn't moving he was moving forward when he went to tackle him. It just happened that he hit him 
you know, right there. So he launched his body like a missile. That's how you tackle. Okay. It okay. just happens to be that your head is All on right. top of your body, which is the space that he was in, and it got flagged. It's so a it's it's, it's fine. Like, but it was not a it was not a dirty hit by any stretch of the imagination. And Tom Brady talked about it on WEEI and said that he had a hit in Buffalo at the beginning of his career in like 2001 where his helmet got knocked, literally knocked off like 10 yards back because, I mean, he got demolished. And Belichick told him, like, if you want to have a career in this league, you better slide your ass on the ground or throw the ball, get rid of the ball. And that's, like, we are critical of Cam Newton for this. We're critical of Aaron Rodgers for this. Like, you got you have to get rid of the ball. I'm not saying, like, okay, I obviously understand he's hurt. Like, I'm sympathetic to that. But that's what – you don't want to get hurt, you have to get rid of the ball. Like, or you're going to get tackled like everybody else and – could be bad for you and you're the quarterback and you're just more important so you have to protect yourself like that's just how it goes i understand the effort and like you want to win and all that stuff like think long term in that spot set an example of being smart also in addition to being brave that's all yeah yeah and i'd rather i'd rather smart every time um also you're very upset of this marcus peters (laughs) this marcus peters got pure violence he, he got hit very hard like maybe the hardest ever but here's the problem, all right? I, I, I did some I did a little research on this, all right? Because I, I knew I was right yesterday when we were discussing it. It turns out I am right, all right? This, is, again, wasn't a dirty hit. If a 338, six-foot-six-tall man comes running full speed at the goal line towards someone who is six-foot, 195 pounds, it's going to look like how it looked. That's how it's going to look. It's going to look like utter, dem- like, just Joy. deterioration, and that's what it was because he's 338 pounds. He's six foot six. He's running Ow. at full speed, and in order to tackle, you have to lower yourself a little bit. So, at six foot six, if you lower yourself while running full okay. speed with 338 okay. pounds, it's going to be a hard hit. Okay, it's uh, not going to be a belly bump. How tall did you say? How what was Marcus Peters' uh, six foot metrics tall. there? So he was six foot tall when he made the interception, right? And yeah. And when he was running with it, right? Right. So he was six foot tall when he hit him too, right? Yes. So he knew that the whole time, and he still launched his 350-plus-pound body at his head. It's 338, okay? Sorry, Big 335 plus. The point is, he's at the goal line. He's about to score. What's he supposed to do? Like, stop? Sorry. Nah. No. I don't want to hit nah, you. Nah, look. You can tell he was Not real excited st- to destroy Marcus Peters. Lots of people's, people are. You got to throw a flag if he does it, though. You can't judge intent in that spot. And huh? he was, he's about to score a touchdown. It's football. He didn't have a choice. He did a little. And uh, he's a big guy, all right? He doesn't have that body control. Huh? You can't Look, do you, when you slow things down, everything looks incredibly violent and on purpose, okay? Tim, this one looked even more violent It was violent very fast. violent, but it, I don't think it was on purpose for him to hit his head. I think he meant to hit him. For sure. But I don't think he meant to hit his head. I think he tried to kill him, and you should throw a flag. <laughs> no, he did He was trying to murder it him looked, with his shoulder and no. his head. Yeah. It just, it just looked traumatic because yep. he's a big, big, big old man. That's a big old, big old man. By contrast, it was way more violent and aggressive than the Vontez Perfect hit. Everyone was moving faster. There was more of a launch. Jack Doyle could have stood up, just like you said about Josh Allen no, breaking a tackle, they're, they're and Vontez not. would have drilled him in the chest. There was no world where this lineman, who I still don't know his name, Donovan wasn't Smith. trying to. Yeah, he was. He was trying to kill him. No, he wasn't. Speaking of the Rams, uh, Todd Gurley's got. They've got something going on with Todd Gurley. Uh, he, two seasons ago, he was like doing the most and got the most insane contract ever for an NFL running back, and then he disappeared in the Super Bowl, which was a disaster, and obviously they lost. And now he's had a slow start to this season, so everyone's saying it's his fault. And then, of course, everyone always blames Goff every time the Rams lose. Guess what? It's not an ideal model for winning when your quarterback has to throw. 68 times. I can't even believe that's an actual stat number or that's even possible. But, yeah, they made him throw 68 times. So he had four turnovers, which is, I mean, probably if you do the math for scale of throwing 68 times, basically like four games. So, of course, that's going to happen. But, as it turns out, it might not actually be either one of their faults because according to Pro Football Focus, which is now the Bible on statistics, uh, the Rams' pass blocking grade in 2018 was 82.6. This year... 47.4. That's an F. That's not good. Then the Rams' run blocking grade, 2018, 76.7. This year, 40. 
So it might be that offensive line there, buddy, that needs a little tune-up. Something's going on there. I don't think it's necessarily Todd Gurley's fault or Jared Goff's fault based off of those numbers, if that is true, which I'm assuming it is, because pro football focus are pretty good. Finally, the Cowboys. I've been bragging about how great they are and making fun of everyone that doubts them. So I've put myself along with the Cowboys and the losers this week. Uh, just for a week, though. Just for a week. Um, they did take an L to a really good Saints team. You know, everyone was panicking about the Saints this year. I was not. I said the Saints would be good. And even after Drew Brees left, Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback. Teddy, two gloves. They looked good. Um, the issue with the Cowboys, I don't think it's Kellen Moore. And I don't think it's Dak. I think it is the running game. Because Zeke had 35 yards on 18 attempts, basically two yards per carry. He did have one touchdown. But if you look at his numbers... Against Miami, had 19 uh, carries for 125 yards. Okay, that's Miami. 23 carries for 112 yards against Washington and 12 carries, 53 yards against the New York Giants. So you're going to need to get back up to those numbers. Basically, they, they played a better defense like than those three teams, and they stopped Zeke. Like 35 yards is not going to cut it against the New Orleans Saints in their dome. That's just – that's not going to work. So they'll be back at it next week, um, and they're playing the Packers. But – Devontae Adams probably won't play, so that's kind of an interesting game. Yeah, but neither will Tyron Smith because Dak got him hurt on that last Dak play. Did not get Tyron he got Smith him hurt. hurt. Throw the ball away, man. You just watch Teddy almost lose the game for the other team, and then you take a worse sack into your best play, your best lineman's it's legs. It's not Dak's fault. It's not Dak's fault. It's not. I refute, I refute that. All right, it's time for the culture report. Uh, review or preview. We're going to preview the Joker. It comes out this Thursday, actually. I'm very excited for this movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix looks amazing, and it's very dark. It's getting a lot of great reviews. I believe Brandon told us that it got a eight minutes standing ovation at the Venice Film Festival, which is obnoxious. Who does that? Definitely not Who staying for that. that. Who's staying for that? I would be uncomfortable. Like, if, even if this is a film, like, I've, I've worked for this my whole life, and this is my dream. I'm not standing up there while you clap for eight Where's minutes. Where's the exit? That's so hot. It's Hollywood on a level I want never want to be a part of. Each person clapping is trying to outclap the other person. Eight show, minutes? Show how much they care. At one point, don't Jeez. you just look at each other like, yo, is this, is this happening right now? We're still doing this? I'm not doing it. I'm leaving. It I don't do awkward ever. And I don't do awkward conversations. I don't do awkward moments in movies, television shows. If I know an awkward moment is coming up in a movie, I will fast forward or it's time for a bathroom break or snack break. I'm not sitting through it and, and enduring the anxiety of the awkwardness. Again, you guys know I don't believe in awkward people. I don't even believe in tripping. So <laughs> there's no there's no way that I'm dealing with that eight-minute uh, standing ovation. But that said, it's supposed to be really good, so I'm excited for it. Um, speaking of the Joker, the new trailer for the Harley Quinn movie came out, Birds of Prey. Uh, it's a girl power movie. Uh, Margot Robbie, who is great. Uh, Rosie Perez, who many people have said that I look like and sound like, which I consider to be a huge compliment. They also say our laughs are similar. If you've heard Rosie laugh, that is supposed to be an extreme insult. I also disagree. She's the GOAT. So this looks good. I don't know what exactly to make of it because there could be some weird uh, like undertones that I'm not entirely sure of. Um, yeah, you know, like they have a, the Joker and her have a weird relationship, so I could get into some weird areas. But overall, it looks good. It's like a strong woman cast, and Hugh McGregor's in it. You know, I loved him in Moulin Rouge. I did. I did. It sounds like a joke, but he really was great. What do you mean you didn't know? I thought it was just Missy Elliott and Lil Kim. Oh my God, you're so annoying. He's just like, why do you? Did I name all four of them though? I think I named all four of them. So irritating. I'm speaking of irritating. I'm gonna say something. These. Are we okay with villain movies? Um, like, yeah, what do you it's mean? A little, it's a little like we've... <sighs> First of all, villains are the only reason movies exist, A. Yeah, but the, the antagonist the is to... The antagonist is what makes any piece of art, writing, movie enjoyable. Nobody wants to sit around and watch the Teletubbies all day, okay? Unless you're two. If you're real life and you've enjoyed anything dark and night, you want to figure out why we are happy about this. What have they overcome? So yes, villains are the best. I love villains. I actually like villains more than I like the, the, the heroes. I don't know if that's about in me. Hero but... <laughs> movies, but in hero movies, it's like, I completely understand, but now the antagonist, to use your big words, is the protagonist. And well, so, yeah, because I that think that confusing? because in general the heroes are not complicated, right? Like they don't have any 
general internal struggle. Like they're just pure good, which no one can relate to, which is why Superman sucks. But, yeah, but the villains are awesome. That's why Batman was that that's why Batman movies are the have been the best superhero movies as far as the actual movie content because Batman is dark and conflicted. So you actually have some hum, you have some relatability even though he's a billionaire that just runs <laughs> yeah, around I was in about his to car. Say he's rich, though, like so, right, right, but some people can relate to that. But the point <laughs> is that they're having a complex character and makes it more enjoyable, which is why these movies are awesome and why they're going to be really good and why the Joker got an eight minute standing ovation at the Venice Film Festival, whatever that means. Okay, so Takashi, I hate looking at his face. Takashi uh, Snitch Nine has apparently decided he's gonna, when he gets out from all the snitching, he's gonna do music again. <laughs> That's not happening. Where? I don't know, karaoke bars. I, I I honestly don't I don't understand this story I don't I don't get it because uh, he's not going to witness protection right because where are you where are you going like that and the rappers that are hating on him you have are six just nine jealous. all over your body it's not like you're blending into society anymore Florida seems like a viable option whoa wasn't expecting that one totally possible he can live in the Everglades <laughs> am I right really, yes and no one wants to go to the Everglades nope um, yeah that's actually that's not a bad suggestion for uh, for Snitch Nine I, you're not giving any music there. But not, not not you could escape probably there. No one's going there. No, no one's getting on an airboat to come find you. No. Have you ever been on an airboat? I have not. I want to though. Should I want to? Um, I don't know. I so I went as a child, so I didn't have a choice. But um, it's not. It doesn't feel safe ever. You don't feel safe. And the, the, the gators like swim right up to you. Well, yeah. And where's the? What's the ground? I think they like the marshmallows. Water? By the way, I'm pretty sure you feed them marshmallows. Stop. I think so. Like tigers, like uh, they hate pepper. They love cinnamon. Or is that the other way around? They love pepper. They hate cinnamon. I thought tigers like frosted flakes. Um, you're completely. I just. Ugh. Anyway, um, I don't know where he's gonna They're go. They're great. But moving on, we talked about him enough. I hate him. Uh, Stranger Things trailer, Stranger Things four trailer. Uh, it's a whole lot of nothing. So it's, yeah, 30, it's not a trailer. It's, it's thirty seconds of your life you're not gonna get back, and all they say is we're not in Hawkins anymore, which we knew because they were in Russia, and then the family left Hawkins. So. That's the whole trailer. I explained it to you, but it is exciting that there is going to be another season, um, season in like two years great. or whatever. Season three was great. All of Stranger Things is great. They are the greatest. They deserve all the monies, whatever they need to be paid. Um, but yeah, so basically, I guess we're going to go to the new town that the family went to, or we're going to go to Russia. So one of those things, because we got to find out which if uh, what's his name, the cop guy, uh, got oh, picked man. up by the Russians. Uh, what's his name? No, Hawkins no, isn't. Uh, uh, it's a Hopper. 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 Oh man. What a that's, strange name. That's, that's my guy. Yeah, he is. Well, you know, you kind of look like Hopper. Thank you so much. You got a little Hopper actually going on. Sometimes, like if I sit at like a smaller table or something. You remember that one scene when he's waiting on the date and he's sitting at that fancy table and he just looks like a freak giant next yeah. to this table. That's how I feel sometimes. You feel giants? Sometimes. When you're around children? Or no, no, like no. Sometimes, sometimes things are small, and I feel like a giant like Hopper. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. I don't want to insult you, so let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> they're so weird. Uh, Kanye keeps teasing us with this Jesus is King album. Um, I, don't, I don't get caught up in Kanye nonsense, so it's not affecting my life in any way whatsoever. But um, I'm going to listen to the album when it comes out, and I'll find out when the rest of you guys let me know because I, I'm not going to hang on every word that Kanye, or for that matter, Kim Kardashian West tells us. But I did a little scooping for you, and uh, you might just want to wait a little bit and stop sitting by your TV or your phone waiting for that alert because what it seems like it's going to happen is he has a film that's coming out with it called Jesus is King, and that is not going to premiere um, until October 25th. So probably the album will come out then and they were just like very premature with letting you know about it they might push it to christmas though right because that's like jesus birthday or whatever. that oh yeah that's right you're um you know believe in jesus yeah well how do you know it's jesus's birthday that's why i said or whatever it's yeah, a yeah oh, okay so you, you have to throw yep. that in there at yep. the end mm -hmm. you know what yep you don't deserve jesus as king how about that i'm still gonna get a listen to it though <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Go and subscribe on YouTube at Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy pod. Uh, myself, Joy Taylor Talks. Uh, if you want to give Heller some love, Hella underscore Heller. Hey. He thinks he's big. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. I'm above average. <laughs> um, he's a big person, and he sits at tables. He makes the table feel small. Airplanes that, are small. That, okay, so what he explained, because that was a weird ending, uh, he explained that he feels like, awkward on airplanes yeah 
Because every time someone walks down the aisle, even though I'm just sitting in the chair, they bump my shoulder. Yeah, they should, ju- they should just make coach and airplanes a little bit bigger and make everyone else happier and better experience for everyone. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> fantasy football. Yeah. We have a fantasy football league. Maybe I'm crazy fantasy. F- maybe I'm crazy fantasy football league. Shout out to everyone who's in it. Um, I'll be honest. I have three leagues, so I can't keep track of what I win and lose anymore. You have an update. Same, but I looked into it. So here's okay. what we got. Lots of parody in the MIC FFL. Only four teams have winning records. Shouts to ladies in Gettleman. Is it Gettleman or Gettleman? Gettleman. Gettleman. Is it Gettleman? Gettleman. What's one of those two? Uh, are, they're our league leader and the only remaining undefeated squad. They deserve it with that name. Uh, Joy, Donnie, and myself would all see our teams miss the playoffs mm-hmm. if the season ended today. That being said, I'm in seventh place after crushing Donnie this week. Sorry, dude. Uh, I mean, I won. <laughs> to the, to the, the winner gets to tell the story, and uh, I okay. destroyed you. Uh, Joy's team is also 2-2 two and two and sitting in eighth place, so Ugh. right outside of the playoffs there, but you'll get in. Uh the game to watch in week five is the league leader, ladies and gentlemen, or gentlemen, 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 uh, versus the second place squad for Netflix and chill. Such uh, good names. Yeah. For more updates, watch football this weekend and listen to our pod next week. Yes. Shout out to everyone who's in the league. Uh, thank you for watching this week. Thank you to Jerry Rice for joining us and everyone who's in studio today. Hey. Actually, we should introduce Shantiera. Shantiera, pass the microphone over here. Stand by. Sorry. Um, so it's stuck on the corner. It's stuck on the thing right there. Uh, so Shantiera is joining us now. She will be joining us on the podcast and she'll be also jumping on the mic with us as well. Welcome Shantiera. Thanks. Um, tell everyone quickly a little bit about yourself. Um, my name's Shantiera. I'm from the Bay. So I'm a Bay Area fan and, uh, yeah, happy to be here. Yay. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, you and Heller can vibe on the, uh, Bay teams, uh, which will happen a lot during basketball season. Oh, by the way, Draymond said that they're going to be in the finals this year, so. If Draymond said it, I actually think that everyone is sleeping on the Warriors, which is, could be a disaster for a lot of people. But I also don't think that anyone believes in the Rockets, who uh, I may just, I don't know, I might just have, I might, I might just have in the finals. I don't know, maybe. We'll get to that a little later. I'm not ready to make that prediction yet. But welcome, Sean Sierra. Um, Jazz and Misha are in the studio as well. Uh, you just saw them, and Donnie and everyone else. Uh, John and Jeremy, for everyone. I'm Joy. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Ooh.